Hey, Books and Boba listeners, it's Marvin. As you may have heard, last month marked the fifth anniversary of Books and Boba. And as we enter our sixth year as a book club, we're finally doing something that we've been talking about for years. That's right, Books and Boba now has some merch. Uh, we're launching a bonfire merch campaign uh, for our first run of official Books and Boba swag, including t-shirts, sweatshirts, and tote bags. Orders for this first run will be open until October 21st, after which orders will be closed, shipped, and delivered to your homes by November 8th. We chose Bonfire as the platform for this app because it allows us to create a pre-order campaign like this, which will hopefully allow us to earn a little bit more uh, to support the podcast and to maybe even offer some additional content down the line. To check out what we have to offer, go to booksandboba.com and check out our store link. Um, to be taken to our bonfire portal there you can check out all of the available apparel and colors as well as put down your own order as i mentioned all sales will go to support this podcast and will allow us to do even more amazing things for books and boba down the line so please check it out uh, it's the stylish way to both support books and boba and look cool while doing it again you can find our bonfire store by going to booksandboba.com and clicking on the store link all right now on with the show featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Martin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And we are here today for our October 2021 mid-month book news review, where we go over the latest Asian American publishing and book news. Um, Rira. Yes. How's your spooky month going so far? Um, It's going pretty well. Um, I keep forgetting that it is spooky month, but... <laughs> Your bookstore is not doing anything um, Halloween related? I mean, we have like sh- displays, I guess, <laughs> and Instagram posts, but that's about it. Um, a, lot of, a lot of bookstores are focusing on, hey, get your holiday shopping done now, because if you try to buy a book in late November or early December, it might not come until January. <laughs> yeah, supply chain. I guess that's a good thing that most of my books now I read on my Kindle. So save some trees, save some shipping lanes, I guess. Yeah, it's it's not just um, like books being in shipping containers. It's a lot of like, oh, yeah, there's no one to like print the books. There's no paper. There's mm. no people to drive and deliver the products. So <laughs> it, it's just like an overall mess, um, not just in books, but also just every single industry so yeah. uh highly recommend supporting your authors now especially if their books are coming out in december like pre-order that shit like right away <laughs> yeah speaking of pre-ordering uh want to give a quick plug that we are also currently taking orders for our first book simple merch line so if you want to grab yourself official books and boba t-shirt sweatshirt or tote bag um you can check out our store at books and be one of the first owners of official Books and Boba merch. Rira, can't believe we've gone this far without ever trying this out. But I, I'm trying not to think about it because, 
Yeah, like, I am not entrepreneurial at all. <laughs> it only took us five years to give it a shot. And hopefully from everyone's generous um, purchases, not only will you look cool while wearing our Books and Boba merch, but you also help us, um, you know, pay for some of the costs of doing this podcast because, um, you know, podcast Our, our time is not free. free. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though we've given five years of our time for free, I feel like um, both of us. It's not free. It's not free at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel like both Riri and I want to, you know, justify dedicating more of our time to Books and Boba and your support will help us do that. So thank you so much for all of you who've already purchased um, from our store and just let everyone know that you have one more week. The orders for this first batch of merch will end on October 21st. So you have until then to put in your order. But with that said, um, let's get on with the episode. Since, man, Rira, I was looking at the list you compiled, and there are a ton of upcoming I, books. I know, yeah. I had been staying away from Twitter and haven't been keeping up with uh, publishing news for a while. So <laughs> when I was compiling this, I was like, dang, I missed a lot. <laughs> that must be nice. Twitter the last two weeks have been wild, especially I, with... Um, I've heard. Yeah, I don't. So you missed entire bad art friend. No, saga? no, I actually did catch it because <laughs> uh, people kept retweeting it. So I was like, "What? Like, what is this?" And I actually did read the entire article, and That's... I kind of wish I got my time back. Um, <laughs> I wish someone was a good art friend and told me not to read it because it was just it was just nonsense. You know, it's not every day Asian American book news breaks through to the mainstream so i guess i was i was just like what happened to all of the squid game articles and like <laughs> debate like on twitter that's you know that's what i'm there for yeah. um so yeah lots of things that i missed uh over the past week and a half i would say <laughs> so if i'm missing any big publishing news please tweet us um sometimes yeah. Things slip through the cracks. So, yeah. So let's get started. Yeah. Our first story, Dutton acquired a scatter of light by Melinda Lowe, a companion to the NBA longlisted last night at the Telegraph Club. Set in 2013 after the first of the Supreme Court decisions that brought marriage equality to the U.S., the book tells the story of Arya Tong West, whose story of desire and self-discovery is subtly entwined with a note of closure for Lillian Kath from the Telegraph Club. Publication is scheduled for fall 2022. Yeah, so last night at the Telegraph Club was nominated for a National Book Award. And uh, we'll be touching base on the finalists later on in the news portion. Yeah, congratulations to Mundo Love. All right, next up, Dial bought Parissa Akbari's debut contemporary YA, Just Another Epic Love Poem. Pairing poetry and prose, the novel tells the story of best friends Mitra and B, who have been writing a never-ending poem together for five years, and how that poem and their friendship changes when the two girls fall in love. Publication is planned for fall 2023. Oh, this sounds so sweet. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fun. Have you ever done a like a shared like collaborative story with a friend before? Um I mean, I used to write like fanfics with my friends, so <laughs> it, it would it would be like one person would start on a chapter and then the next person would just like pass it on. Wow. So yeah, it's fun. <laughs> All right. Next up, Carol Rhoda Lab acquired Enley and the Buskin Blues, the first middle grade novel by Jenny Liu. This humorous own voices story explores young dreams and family expectations as a Chinese American boy tries to busk his way to musical stardom. 
Publication is planned for spring 2023. Ooh, busking. Yeah, this reminds Uh. me of uh, my days in collaboration supporting artists such as Edley who came up through busking. Yeah, I mean, it says buskin blues, so I'm guessing that uh, the music that he's playing is blues. Um, interested in knowing what instrument he plays. Probably guitar, I want to say. Right? I guess you can Maybe? bust with anything. You you really can. Yeah. I mean, the people who busk with pianos, I'm like mad mad respect. Like, how did you even get that <laughs> get that there? Yeah. Um all right, next up. In an exclusive submission, FSG acquired world English rights to What's Between Your Hands, written by National Book Award nominee Mitali Perkins, and illustrated by Naveen Selvanathan. By asking the people in her life what's between their hands when they namaste, curious, thoughtful Maya learns what work her own small hands can do. Publication is slated for spring 2023. This sounds namaste. real cute. Yeah. What is between their hands? All right. Our next story, Abrams Appleseed Acquired Mr. Panda and the Red Flower by author-illustrator Jackie Huang. The picture book comes with interactive flaps and is about a persnickety panda who likes things just so. One day when he receives a gift of a red flower, his perspective shifts and his life gets a little more colorful. Publication is planned for spring 2023. This panda sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) I am very uh, persnickety, and uh, I just like to do things very much my way. Type A. This sounds like a cute book. I remember I used to have a Care Bears flap book that I loved as a kid. Yeah, I did not have any any of that as as a kid. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing about being like a early reader when you're when you learn how to read pretty early. Because uh, I did not have those types of picture books. Just immediately went to uh, chapter books when oh. I was a kid. Did I have a childhood? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something we ask ourselves every day. I know. All right, next up, Little Press Blue Bronco Books Jr. bought world rights to Tiny Mochi and Co. first in an illustrated early reader series from debut author-illustrator Michelle Doe. Tiny Mochi and Co. celebrates Vietnamese culture and Kauai-style art through tiny characters with big personalities. The first book will be a guide introducing children to many diverse and fun Tiny Mochi and Co. characters, including their unique personalities, likes, and dislikes. Publication is set for summer 2022. Man, is it bad that I see this and all I think about is the merchandising opportunities? I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Sanrio? <laughs> and how much I want to buy those for my nieces. I Like, it says celebrates Vietnamese culture. So I'm wondering if it, if like the characters are based on Vietnamese myths or... Um, you know, like probably Asian animals, food, right? I want to say they're probably like. But mochi is Japanese, so I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I I'm curious. I'm pretty sure it's going to be very cute, and that's all that matters to me. Oh yeah, I just I just googled tiny mochi and co, and it is like a mochi, little mochi ball, but there's also like an octopus with a with a uh, like a donut hat. There's like an otter. There's a s'more. So it's like both animals and... Oh, there's a Tamagotchi. Yeah, my internet's not working, so I can't see <laughs> the cute little characters. But yeah. yeah, it sounds cute. This is fun. All right, our next deal. Candlewick Press bought world rights to Nora's Crescent Moon by debut author Zainab Khan. The picture book teaches readers about patience and anticipation as one child and her family prepare for eight. The book will be illustrated by Nabila Adani and publication is slated for spring 2024. 
Nice. Yay! More picture books about. Yeah, aid. another picture yeah. book about um, other cultures' holidays, which is always nice to have to teach our kids about multiculturalism. All right. Next up, Scholastic acquired rights to "I Kick and I Fly" by activist and documentarian Ruchira Gupta. A YA social justice action adventure inspired by true events, the book is about a girl in Bihar, India, who escapes being sold into the sex trade when a local hostel owner helps her to understand the value of her body through Kung Fu. Publication is slated for spring 2023. I did not expect the Kung Fu part. Yeah, that came out of <laughs> that, that was a twist. That, that, they had me in the first half and then they... they I mean, I, I should have known because it's called I Kick and I Fly. And it's like, oh, that, make, that makes sense with Kung Fu. That's cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, martial arts teaches a lot of young people discipline. And <laughs> um, I, I mean, I would not know. I did not learn martial arts as a kid. Oh, uh, so. I did a couple like Saturday school classes. Does that count? Totally. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, next up. In an exclusive submission, HarperCollins bought Tiny Troubles by Sophie Diao in her debut as an author-illustrator. The picture book is about two succulent buddies, one having an existential crisis and the other more patient and laid back, and their imaginative search for purpose. Publication is scheduled for fall 2023. This is a picture book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about two It's about existential crisis. Like, wow. Well, one of them is probably just super neurotic and the other is more like chill. And so they're like, you know, they're two cactus buddies trying to trying to figure things out in the world. I think it sounds so, cute. Yeah, it sounds cute. And also, I think it's something that parents can enjoy as well. <laughs> I don't know. You sound pretty horrified, Rira. I mean, no, I, I'm just like, wow, is this a picture book? We're teaching young children about, like, finding their purpose in life? That just kind of seems surprising. I mean, being a child is a daily existential crisis, you know? You're learning new things every day. Everything's changing all the time. True, true. <laughs> all right, next up, Abrams Amulet acquired a YA novel, Look No Further, by sisters Shifra Robinson and Rihanna Robinson. The author of Seven Ways We Lie and Noteworthy, published under the pen name Riley Redgate. The story follows two biracially Asian half-siblings who collide by chance at summer art camp. Once they discover their relationship, they hunt for truths about their mutual errant parent while exploring their own identities and finding their eyes opening to the specific unusual roles in the world. Publication is expected for spring 2023. All right, I just gotta say... These sisters with their Irish names is pretty badass. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Riley Redgate. Yeah, I did not know that it was a pen name. Uh, Noteworthy it was a book about a queer character who joins an acapella group at her university. And uh, that just sounds super fun. I think I have the book on my Kindle, but I never nice. <laughs> cracked it open. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to read this. All right. Our next book deal, Quotry Acquired at Auction, It's Boba Time for Pearl Lee by Nicole Chen. This middle-grade contemporary novel follows a big-hearted Taiwanese-American girl as she aims to gain her family's acceptance and save her favorite boba tea shop by selling her handcrafted amiguri dolls. Publication is scheduled for winter 2023. Ooh, a book about boba. What is an amiguri doll? Do you know Want to Google it? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Why are we so uncultured? Uh, they look like just knit dolls, I guess. Yeah, they're like they're like tiny crocheted dolls. <laughs> they look really adorable. I want one, even though I'm afraid of dolls. 
Yeah. I like how she's trying to save her favorite boba tea shop. That's so cute. Yeah. You know? What a twist on the we must save the community center trope. We must save our favorite <laughs> boba shop. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, the local boba shop is technically like a community center for the Asian community, wherever it is, right? It it does like make me question like, oh, is this in a town where there's like no Asians or that's true because it's like oh if this is the only boba shop within like a 10 mile radius then it's like yeah right. we need to save that because like, this is where both we and I live like there's another one just down the street anyways so. we have yeah we have so many boba we shops around us we were we're flushed with boba shops I mean like I totally understand because I'm originally from Georgia and uh boba shops came really late in the game and like the first one that showed up was like run by this like really old grandma and grandpa couple and that was like the only boba shop for like six years so like i could totally understand like wanting to save that one shop that like serves the drink that you absolutely love and can't get anywhere yeah (laughs) well looking forward to learning more about this book in 2023 all right. Lian Books acquired world rights to two picture books from Hina Khan, the author of Under My Hijab. The first book, Behind My Doors, tells the story of the world's oldest repository of manuscript, al Qarawiyan Library in Fez, Morocco, from the library's point of view. It will be illustrated by Nabila Adani. The second book, tentatively titled Super Friday, follows the adventure of Zayn, who longs to play superheroes with his father as they attend Friday prayers at their mosque. It will be illustrated by Nez Riaz. Publication is projected for fall 2022 and spring 2023. Wow. Wow. I have never heard of this library, um, but it sounds really cool. I'm interested in the book being told from the library's point of view. That is that That is like an interesting hook to the story. And of course, uh, the second book, Super Friday, uh, I think that sounds cute because it's about a boy who is trying to play superheroes with his dad at like Friday prayers. And it's <laughs> like, like, how are you going to get that to work, kid? I'm I'm curious. So, Marvin, what's our next story? All right. Kids Can bought world rights to If You Were a Butterfly by Moon T. Vaughn, which considers the life cycle of a butterfly from new perspectives. Andre Armstrong will be the illustrator. I don't think there's a publication date on this one. No, not yet. Um, Did you have butterflies when you were, like, a kid for class? Like, they teach you about metamorphosis and all that? I mean, they did teach us about the life cycle. I remember uh, when I was in first grade, we had, like, we raised, quote-unquote, butterflies. But the funny thing was, um, (laughs) like, they do it every year, and then they release the butterflies out into the open. And I think half of ours were moths. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it was just like, that's I was like oh, that's that's disappointing when you're in first grade and you're like, I expected these pretty butterflies and half of them are just moths. <laughs> Man. <laughs> All right. Next up, Abrams Amulet acquired the middle grade graphic novel series Super Boba Cafe and a sequel by Nidhi Chanani, author of Pashmina and Jukebox. After a traumatic event at middle school, Arya spends the summer with her grandma at her boba cafe in San Francisco. She doesn't realize she doesn't realize that her grandma uses the boba to placate the hill monsters, avoiding an earthquake. But Arya thinks there has to be a better way for the monsters to survive and for the cafe 
and her self-esteem to thrive. Publication is set for spring 2024. Wow. Again, did not expect that second half with the monsters. But uh, that's this sounds really cute. It's really interesting because I don't believe they call it boba in the Bay Area. I believe they call it pearl tea. Um, but <laughs> I think that's just a little... I think it's just a branding thing. Yeah. Most people know bubble tea and pearl tea to be boba. So Super Boba Cafe. That sounds like it's up our alley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely goes with the theme of our podcast. Can you like imagine like Boba being like a sacrifice to like monsters being like, please don't destroy our homes. Here's some delicious brown sugar milk tea. <laughs> totally. Who doesn't love Boba? Actually, um, I actually don't drink Boba with my milk tea anymore. Um, yeah, same here. <laughs> but I think that's aren't, just, aren't we such liars we, on this podcast? Hey, no, it's, it's, it's a theme. We've already established that Boba is a catch-all for all drinks under the Boba umbrella. So. It, it works. It's totally fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Next up, Scholastic Graphics acquired in an exclusive submission debut middle grade graphic novel Parachute Kids and a second untitled graphic novel written and illustrated by Betty C. Tang. Inspired by the author's childhood, Parachute Kids follows three siblings who immigrate from Taiwan to California to find themselves on their own to face language and cultural barriers when their parents unexpectedly return home. Publication is slated for 2023. Oh, so I'm guessing that the kids are staying in California and the parents go back to Taiwan. Yeah. And the kid has to like learn how to fend for themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the title is Parachute Kids, which is pretty much. Got like it. That. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It took it took a second there. I mean, I know Parachute Kids were a big thing when like I was in high school and in college, but I don't, are they still is that still happening? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> the last time I've been at school was so long ago. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking about like my cousins who were parachute kids in a way. And um, it was hard. So I'm glad that there is like a book that touches on those uh, subjects. Yeah. All right. Next up, Clarion Bought Creep, a love story by Ligia de Peñaflor. The author of All of This is True, a YA novel about Lainey and Nico, Holy Family High School's most popular couple, as seen through the eyes of Rafi, the sophomore who's stalking them. Oh, God. <laughs> as Rafi's obsession grows, her self-control gets shakier. But when Lainey and Nico's relationship is threatened by an unexpected disaster, Rafi's attempts to fix the situation can only have devastating results. Publication is planned for fall 2022. Man, the twists in these premises. <laughs> this reminds me of, uh, what's that stalker show on Netflix? Oh, You? Yeah, which has a new you season You with the Gossip out. Girl guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The book is, I, I read parts of the book and it is very unsettling, mm. but very well written. Yeah. Man, this sounds, this sounds creepy. I mean, it's called Creep, a love story. The thing is, like, the the twists at the premise, like, we should have seen it coming because of the title. Yeah, our critical reading for this episode has been pretty poor, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Our next story. Quill Tree preempted rights to Tracy Badua's YA novel, This Is Not a Personal Statement. The book follows a teen who leaves home for the college of her dreams that she wasn't actually accepted to. Breaking into dorm rooms, dodging security, crashing classes, and figuring out how to actually get in next semester before she's caught. 
publication is slated for winter 2023. Man, another twist. This sounds like my jam. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds hilarious. And yeah, I'm like totally all for it. I definitely know a couple of people uh, who are all Asians, by the way, uh, who like straight up lied to their parents about like waiting for their acceptance letters when they did not get accepted into the school. They're just like stalling until they get into a school and then they're like oh well i didn't get into this school but at least i got into my safety school you know (laughs) man i am glad i am not in high school anymore and dealing with that shit i mean breaking into dorm rooms like how is that possible (laughs) you know i mean it's easier than you think like security is not that great you can just sneak in with other people you know people will go into dorms and groups there are plenty of ways to break into dorms I'm i'm just saying not that it, I have it depends experience. on the co- it depends on the college though, because I don't know if your college had this, but they had like um, like security turnpikes and you had to like scan your ID to get in. Oh, so we did not. It was just a oh key. okay. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, it depends on the college, but this sounds really fun and um, and bonkers. Yeah. All right. Next up, Abrams acquired world rights to adventure game comics by Jason Shiga, author of Meanwhile. It is an interactive middle-grade graphic novel series where readers make their own choices about how the story unfolds. The first of three books is Leviathan, about the quest through an old medieval village to vanquish a giant sea creature terrorizing the Cobalt Isles. Publication is planned for fall 2022. Yo, choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. (laughs) Wow, that brings me back. Yeah. That was like before like visual novels were a thing. (laughs) Would you ever like keep your place and then flip back in case you died? Um, no. Um, I think I was one of those weird people who just like read everything from beginning to end. What? Just so I can like know all of the choices. <laughs> that's like that's that. It's not choose your own adventure. Yeah, it's no know all of your adventure. Beats the purpose. See these don't work. These don't work on me because um. <laughs> I mean, like, when I play video games, I I kind of do the same thing, where I'll have, like, two separate save files, and I'll be like, okay, this is the good ending save file, and then this is the bad ending save file. Wait, are you one of those people, when you read books, do you flip to the end to figure out what happens at the end? It depends on the book. (laughs) Sometimes I, I would read, like, the, like, last paragraph to a book. It usually doesn't reveal... Mm. anything because it's just like a closing statement but it makes me feel better because then i can say that i know the ending when i really don't know anything this has been your uh corner of rira's bad reading habits (laughs) all right our next story razor bill has bought at auction world english rights to the first two books in maple lambs monkey king and the world of myths in this debut middle grade graphic novel series the legendary monkey king must set off on a globe-trotting adventure to defeat a mysterious new threat. But along the way, the trickster-turned-god can't help himself from making unusual friends, facing off against unexpected foes, and ultimately turning the worlds of ancient mythologies on their heads. Publication is slated for fall 2023. Monkey King. So, uh, I mean, I'm just extrapolating from the from the description here, but I imagine this is a sequel to Journey to the West, where the Monkey King is deified, and I want to say is interacting with gods from other cultures, because it's globetrotting. I mean, that's what I, I'm I know from nothing <laughs> about the Monkey King, and um, oh. I barely know the details to Journey to the the West. So, a sequel, yeah, I have no idea what to expect. 
But it sounds cute, and uh, I like how we are getting more of these uh, Chinese, like, mythological stories. Yeah. Um, because we did not have them before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our last book deal is Scholastic Branches acquired world rights to the first three books in Priya's Parties, an early chapter book series written by Mitali Banerjee Roots and illustrated by Aliyah Jalil. The series is about a girl who starts a party planning business that raises money to help endangered animals. The stories portray South Asian American culture and explore party planning, DIY crafts, starting a business, and ways to care for the planet. Books one and two are set for spring 2023 and book three for summer 2023. Man, starting them young. As someone know, who used really? to plan like big events and parties, man. It's not worth it. Stay away. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from event planning and live events, kids. Oh, man. It's not as glamorous as you think it is. <laughs> but party planning, party planning is fun, especially with friends. And also raising money for a good cause. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's that's sweet. Yeah. All right. So those were our book deals. And as, and as always, the source was Publishers Weekly. And if we missed any book deals, f- feel free to tweet us or email us, and we will try to add it in our next mid-month episode. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our book news. We have a couple big stories um, that are not bad art friend related. Um, <laughs> Rira, what's our first news story? Okay. So this is... Not like a huge story, but I thought it was very cute. And it kind of relates to the last book deal that we talked about. So nine-year-old Emmy Kim from Provo, Utah, uh, raised money for diverse library books with her lemonade stand. And this is reported by Good Morning America. So Emmy initially set out to buy 15 books for Jester School, Westridge Elementary, and she uh, established a lemonade stand and sold baked baked goods as well uh, last summer in in July to raise funds for uh, diverse books. Uh, She and her family raised around $762, which allowed them to expand their plan to buy five sets of 15 books for five local schools. So that was quite an accomplishment uh, since she was er- since she was originally planning to buy books only for her school. Uh, after raising the money, she put together a presentation for her school's principal on why diverse books need to be in libraries. And the principal approved, and she selected the books that had main characters from Polynesian, Asian, Native American, Latino, and Black cultures. And she made sure that they were own voices. So all of these authors uh, knew about the culture, were very knowledgeable about the subject matters. And Emmy told Good Morning America that her favorite book that she picked was Eyes That Kiss the Corners by Joanna Ho. And it's a picture book where it celebrates the beauty of Asian eyes, uh, which is, you know, kind of a big deal for a lot of uh, Asian Americans. And the school district actually purchased the same 15 books for the rest of the schools in their district. Uh, And that's pretty incredible considering that Emmy is just nine years old and was able to create this like big change within her entire school district. And uh, she told Good Morning America, it matters that everyone is represented. We're afraid of what we don't know. And I think that's partly the reason why we treat people badly based on how they look. 
Um, and last month, Emmy raised over $3,000 with her second lemonade stand for books about kids with disabilities. So she's continuing her initiative to get more diverse books into her school libraries. So I just want to say congrats, Emmy. You are like yeah what a rock star yeah. this what is, a rock star <laughs> this is such a good story especially after um, i don't know if this happened during your hiatus on twitter but did you hear about the kelly yang book banning story i caught the tail end of it <laughs> and i think i did tweet out like a response because i i was just so yeah infuriated <laughs> i was just like how like uh, like these parents they think that uh, like people of color they can't have their experiences reflected in books like Banning them is invalidating yeah. their 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 lives, I and mean, it's just the story is there's a, I think it's a neighborhood in is it New York or upstate New York that um I have no idea, but it yeah. was in a place that was bad. <laughs> Try um that banned Kelly Yang's front desk from being read because it portrayed white people as racist, and they were not cool with that. Um, and after this, uh broke out there was a lot of protests on twitter and they signed petitions and uh, front desk is no longer being considered to be banned in that <laughs> school district so they failed and not only that front desk made it to the new york times bestsellers list again after uh banned books week what so. a ride yeah, yeah so um <laughs> so yeah that it's good to see that there are people especially kids who do see the value of more diverse books because I mean that's that's the whole premise of this podcast too. That we we just need more diverse content out there. Yeah. Uh, while I was reading the article by uh, Good Morning America, I like it made my heart hurt because uh, Emmy was talking about like a lot of the racist incidents that she experienced herself. Um, like she's um, part Japanese, I, I believe, and they were learning about Pearl Harbor in history class and. You can you can imagine how that went with uh, considering like kids and not understanding uh, nuances and all that. So it like, you know, it hurts to hear about like racist experiences from like young kids. But it's nice that young kids are also trying to make a difference and making sure that their experiences are being shared. And yeah educating people so that's really nice yeah and it's great that now we have you know the catalog of titles from authors to fill those bookshelves with more diverse offerings like you know when when we were kids our bookshelves were filled with to be honest like dead white people right yeah yeah kids have it so great these days in terms (laughs) of their reading choices All right, so the National Book Award finalists were announced. So yeah, we're going to go over some of our Asian American and Asian finalists for the National Book Awards. So uh, for young people's literature, there's Xin Yin Kor for The Legend of Auntie Po, which is a graphic novel that retells the myth of Paul Bunyan while navigating the intersections of privilege, race, and immigration in the years following the Chinese Exclusion Act. And another finalist for that same category is Melinda Lowe, Last Night at the Telegraph Club. Uh, It's set in San Francisco's Chinatown during the Red Scare, and it follows the 17-year-old protagonist, Lily, as she finds first love and fights to claim her queer identity. Um, For nonfiction, we have Grace M. Cho for Taste Like War, a memoir, um, which is a food memoir uh, while searching for the roots of her mother's schizophrenia. 
the author cooks her grandmother's recipes and documents how the body carries the effects of war, colonialism, xenophobia, and the immigrant experience. And for finalists for poetry, we have Hua Wen uh, for A Thousand Times You Lose Your Treasure, and Jackie Wang for The Sunflower Cast, A Spell to Save Us from the Void. For translated literature, we have Elisa Schwad-Dusapin for Winter in Sokcho, translated from the French by Anissa Abbas Higgins. Um, um, set in the off-season at a South Korean resort, the book follows a young French-Korean woman working as a hotel receptionist who befriends a hotel guest. Also nominated is Ge Fei's Peach Blossom Paradise, translated from Chinese by Kanan Morse. The book blends history and mythology to tell the story of Xu Mi, a young woman struggling to uphold personal autonomy in China during the Hundred Days Reform. And finally, Samar Yazbek with Planet of Clay, translated from Arabic by Liri Price. Planet of Clay tells the story of a young girl named Rima who chases freedom through books, secret planets, and art in the midst of the Syrian civil war. And the final award from the National Book Foundation is the Medal for Distinguished Contribution to American Letters, which is one of the two lifetime awards that will be presented by Viet Ten Wen. And the recipient is Karen Tay Yamashita. She is the author of eight books, including Tropic of Orange, Letters to Memory, and most recently, Sansei and Sensibility, as well as numerous plays selected and collected in Anime Wong, Fictions of Performance. So congratulations to all of the finalists, and you can learn more about their books on the National Book Award website. Yeah, congrats to everybody. And our last story for this episode, Disney Plus has given a straight-to-series order for American Born Chinese, an action comedy series based on the 2006 graphic novel by Jean Luen Yang. Destin Daniel Cretton, the director of Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, is set to direct and executive produce. Um, Bob's Burger executive producer Kelvin Yu will serve as the showrunner on the series and will write alongside his brother Charles Yu who's worked on TV shows such as Westworld um, and also is the author of Interior Chinatown and also How to Survive in the Science Fiction Universe which was an early Books and Boba book club pick um, Jin Luen Yang is also listed as an executive producer and the show will start casting soon and for those of you who are unfamiliar with American-born Chinese, it tells the story of Jin Wang, an average teenager juggling his high school social life with his immigrant home life. Uh, when he meets a new foreign student on the first day of the school year, even more worlds collide as Jin is unwittingly entangled in a battle of Chinese mythological gods. American-born Chinese is probably one of the uh, staples in Asian-American literature, I would say. Jin Luen Yang has been around for quite some time. I would say this is probably one of the first graphic novels I've heard about that explores Asian-American identity. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they'll tackle on some of the themes because um, some of the imagery in American-born Chinese is pretty racist. I mean, it full-on confronts like the whole perpetual foreignerness of Asian stereotypes. And like one of the characters is like a literal walking Asian stereotype. Ooh. <laughs> well, this is also a live action series. So obviously they will have to change a lot of the imagery yeah. from the graphic novel. I'm just really thankful that uh, the main power players of this series are Asian and Asian American. Yeah. Um, I have not watched Shang-Chi, but <laughs> I have heard like great things about it. And um, like, obviously like Kelvin Yu and Charles Yu, they're 
fantastic writers. I mean, Charles Yu won a National Book Award, for heaven's sake. So yeah, Kelvin Yu is a writer on Bob's Burger. He's also, for people who don't know, the um, the Alan Yang stand-in, the Chinese friend in um, the Aziz Ansari series, Master of None. Oh my God, you're right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's great that the writing team has two Chinese Americans because um, this book is definitely has its specificity in the Chinese American experience. And like Justin Daniel Creighton, he's Japanese American, but he does have a good touch when it comes to like coming of age stories as well. Yeah, so I am um, pretty optimistic about this adaptation, especially since Jane Luen Yang is also listed as an executive producer. Um, I forgot which story it was, but it was in our last mid-month episode where like D&D from Game of Thrones was like like the writers on on the show that they were going to adapt. Oh, it was for the three body problem. Yes, I that, <laughs> that was from like our last mid-month episode, but it's like yeah, I mean main players are asian and uh since this is a disney plus series i'm guessing that uh there will be some fresh faces on this show because it's disney yeah no i'm looking forward to what they do with this the team like we just said sounds great um it sounds like they'll they're the type of team that will make the right decisions and with no gene Wen yang at the helm you know having the creator be an executive producer helps at least give the impression that um this won't be like network noted to death. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that it took this long for American-born Chinese to be picked up for an adaptation because it's from 2006. Yeah, but like I said, you know, if you've read the text, it's there are a lot of tricky things in there that, if not done well, can can be like a total disaster. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's a lot of like very sensitive topics in there. Well, I have not read the book, so I it's hard for me to judge. For anybody who's interested, you know, the book's been out for a very long time, so you can grab it. Uh, I would recommend anyone, especially Chinese Americans, Asian Americans in general, to check it out because it is one of the like at this point a classic text in Asian American literature and media. So, yeah, I'm no, excited um, to learn more about the series and the casting as well. Yeah, very curious on the casting. <laughs> we'll keep our eyes on it. And with that, that'll do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you so much, Rira, for compiling the book news again for another month. Um, whew, it was a big one this week. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it makes me happy because it <laughs> means that there's a lot of books to look forward to. Yeah. All right. Before we go, one last plug that um, Books and Boba is selling official merchandise for the first time ever. Um, so if you're interested in supporting the podcast and also rocking some cool Books and Boba t-shirts, sweatshirts, or tote bags, um, check out the store link at booksandboba.com. Uh, put in your order. Um, orders are open until October 21st, and you should be receiving your purchases uh, pretty quickly after that by November 8th. And if you have forgotten, our pick for Spooktober is the Inugami Clan or the Inugami Curse by Seshi Yokomizo. Uh, This book came out in the 1950s, so it has been out for quite some time. And it's about um, the infamous detective Kendaichi, uh, kind of like the Japanese Sherlock Holmes. Um, It is a pretty campy book from my faint high school memory um it's going to be interesting rereading it i don't know if you started on it marvin but it is quite a i would say it's perfect for spooktober yeah it has a very spooky atmospheric (laughs) vibe 
Yeah, I love that we're going back to a classic detective story. Uh, but on that note, thank you so much for listening to Books and Boba. We'll be back next week with a great author interview with Shiran J. Dao, um, the author of Iron Widow. So look forward to that. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Ri Ryu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. You, and I'm the host of All the Asians on Star Trek, the podcast in which I interview all the Asians on Star Trek. I'm talking to actors, writers, directors, stunt people, background extras. You know, all the Asians on Star Trek. Find out more at alltheasiansonstartrek.com. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Live long and prosper.